Tonight, we're going to continue, and, and uh, this will be the, the last of this series on love. It'll, it won't be the last time you'll hear <clears throat> love preached from here, obviously, but in this series, it'll be the last of, of the one, <clears throat> excuse me, of this series. And tonight, love is huge. Get it? <clears throat> love is huge. If we get love right, we'll get everything else right. If we get love wrong, we'll get everything else wrong. And so the previous two weeks, we talked about God's love for us, and we really do have to get a revelation of the love of God for us. And and, uh, it's so important. If, If we have an understanding and a firm grasp, firm revelation of God's love for us, then we'll be more confident in life, right? We'll be more secure in our lives. So many people that are insecure about the times and days that we live in, and and God's love and understanding of His love means that we can be secure. You know, Jesus said, "Not, uh, not even a sparrow falls from the sky, but what your heavenly Father knows. He watches them as they fall. And he says that we are of much more value than many birds. Now, you ought to look at somebody or tell yourself you're more valuable than a bird. What that means is God has his eye on us. Why? Because he loves us. And I want us all to say this again tonight. I am loved by God. 
If we understand that, then we'll understand a whole lot about God because God is love. Now, tonight, we're going to finish off this series by talking about our love for God and for others. Now, how many know that's a challenge sometimes? How many know love, our loving others, can be a challenge? I I I read the story. uh, Jay Leno was one time had pulled up behind a car at a a traffic light, and the car in front of him had a bumper sticker that said, Honk if you love Jesus. And so he just lightly tapped the horn, you know, honk, to let him know, I guess, that he loved Jesus. And the person, the guy driving the car, leans out and said, The light's still red, you moron. Wow, just honk if you love Jesus, moron. Man, and so... Love is important. Our love for God, our love for others is important. It's the key to everything, isn't it? If If we do get love right, we'll get everything else right. Jesus said love is the greatest commandment. We're going to read in Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 31. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, Ask him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it, is this. Second, like it, say, I like it, okay, is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other greater commandment than these. Love's important, isn't it? It's the most important thing we can do for God or for others. So uh, in the first part of this message, I'm going to talk about a little bit about our, our love for God. Now, John made a simple but powerful observation in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, we love Him because He first loved us. When we begin to get a revelation of God's love for us, then it's almost a natural, should be a natural reaction that we love Him. Isn't that right? I remember after I gave my life to Christ, I really did. I got a revelation of God's love and and I was uh, only 19 years old, and I, you know, I, I was sold on loving God. I, I remember it was, it was wintertime when I got saved in Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, I was going to college there, and I remember one day I was just thinking about the love of God for me, and I was walking across a, an open uh, field right there in East Flagstaff. It, I think it was uh, like a baseball uh, field or something, and, and, and it just snowed. Back in those days, we got a lot more snow than in these days in Flag, and we had a, like a foot or more snow on the ground, and there was this perfectly white field in front of me, and so I, I got out there with my uh, feet and began to write Jesus in huge letters across that field. 
Now, some people might think, well, that's pretty corny. But I, my love was corny, I guess, for God. And, and I, I tell you, I, I was in love with God. And thankfully, 43 years later, I still am. Now, I want you to say this with me tonight. I love him <clears throat> because he first loved me. Now, having said that tonight, all of us probably uh, could use a little help in loving God better. We, we, we probably need to work a little more at loving God. And when I say love, I don't mean, or, or work, I don't mean work in the sense of drudgery or duty like it's a job we don't want to do, you know, man, I got I to gotta work at loving God. What a bummer. It's not that kind of work that I'm talking about, but it will require some effort as we love God. It requires some, and I think that's why Jesus talked in this way when he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and then he finishes it off by saying with all your strength that there may be a certain effort involved in love, something that we we exert an effort involved. Now, this is true, and, and that, that effort involved in love is true for any marriage, isn't it? <clears throat> isn't it? <clears throat> now, <clears throat> I really do love Cindy a lot. And uh, but I am, and when I say there's an effort involved, or it's a labor of love, I don't mean it's a labor of love, as in, oh man, what a drag! I gotta love Cindy. It's not that, <clears throat> but it does mean that I'm still working at learning how to express my love for her, <clears throat> and I'm growing in that. Does that help? <clears throat> Man, you can get yourself into trouble. Public speaking, you, can, you know, <clears throat> get you into trouble. We can, we, and what, what I, I'm getting at is we can grow in our understanding of how to express our love for God. <clears throat> Remember the old uh, comic strip? Uh, it used to be in newspapers. I don't even know uh, if they have it anymore, but it was Love Is. They'd have a, a new one each time, and like this, love is not asking how much her new dress cost. <clears throat> love is, and there was always a, a thing of what love is. So tonight, I'm going to uh, quickly go through several things uh, that loving God is, and the first of these is love is singing. <clears throat> when we love someone, we've just got to tell them, right? <clears throat> Something in our hearts uh, wells up that has to be expressed. Now, this is true toward Cindy and, and my love for her, and so uh, I express it. Sometimes I express it in song. I, her birthday was this past Monday, and I wrote uh, several entries in Facebook, Happy Birthday, Cindy. The first one I said, You make me sing. You made me so very happy. Blood, sweat, and tears. <clears throat> Then a little later, I, I wrote, <clears throat> uh, 
uh, happy birthday, Cindy. You make me sing, uh, uh, I love you more today than yesterday, but not as much as tomorrow. And then I put, I uh, figured, uh, you know, you need to have at least three. So I said, <clears throat> you make me sing just you and me, simple and free. <clears throat> love, love means, listen, <clears throat> love means you can, you, you can get a little corny. I think some of us need to get a little corny in our love for God and our singing for Him. We open up, our heart wells up, and we sing. We express our love for God by singing. That's what we did in worship tonight, right? I, I like that last song we sang, uh, uh, His love, uh, talking, uh, singing about His love. Don't you like singing about His love? It reaffirms uh, what we, uh, God believes about us, he loves us, and our love for him, we just got to let him know how we feel, and oftentimes that's expressed in song. In Ephesians, nope, uh, in Psalm 30, verse 11 and 12, the psalmist says, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing, you have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness uh, to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And it talks about this, uh, this, this uh, worship and singing praise to Him, and we're thankful. I remember when I was a new convert singing in worship, so I'd be on the front row of the church singing uh, those old choruses. One of them we sang was I've been changed, I've been reborn. All my life has been rearranged. What a difference it has made since the Lord came in to stay. And my heart, oh yes, I've been changed. Makes me, makes me get into the preach mode of singing. And I would sing and clap my hands so hard that my hands would get red. And because those words meant something, I had been changed. My life had been rearranged. I remember Ron Simpkins was our song leader back in those days. And Ron, he wasn't that great of a singer, but he was a great worship leader. I, he got us, and I can remember him with that. He'd ha- he had this uh, big plaid suit jacket, you know, and plaid pants. And he, he, it, it, it was okay, stylish back in those days. Today it would look ridiculous, but... But I can remember the way he'd clap his hands like this, and we'd be singing, and there was a hymn that we sang back in those days uh, called, Yes, I Know, Yes, I Know, Yes, I Know, Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. And Ron would be clapping, and, and it was always great uh, uh, worshiping God together. And uh, you could always tell when Simpkins had been on a fast because when he was uh, leading worship, his eyes would roll back in his head some, and I thought, oh, yeah, he's fasting again. His eyes roll back. But it was always so much fun. And we put our, our, our uh, heart into those songs. But, you know, after we've been saved for a while, we, things can happen. And we can become cultured Christians or more refined. Sometimes we just get critical. 
And, well, you know, I, I, music, it just, it's just too low. It's just too low. Or that music, it's just too loud. Man, I just can't. It's too, and some will think it's too low. Some will think it's too loud. You know what? What we need to do is just forget about all that and begin to just sing uh, and put our heart into it. See, something can be missing in our worship, and that that can be missing is our heart. The music of our heart. I love this next verse. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Making music in our heart to the Lord. And it doesn't matter if we've been saved for a day or for 40, 50, 60, 70 years with what God wants, He's not so much concerned about us singing good, thank God, uh, but as He is uh, singing love, that we put our hearts into it. Don't you like that? Make music in your heart to the Lord. That, that phrase there, make music in the New King James or King James, it talks about melody in your heart, and uh, it literally means to strike a chord. And that's what we need to do when we're singing. We need, we're, strike, we're strumming the chords of our heart to, to the Lord, right? Psalm 13, verse 6 says, I will sing to the Lord because He has been good to me. And tonight, God has been good to us. I want you to say, God has been good to me. And see, when God has been so good to us, something needs to well up in our hearts and be expressed. See, love is singing. Love is singing. I think it, uh, probably our marriages would be better uh, some if we would learn to, instead of gripe at each other, sing, or maybe a little bit, to each other. You know, I mean, uh, at least express ourselves, put our heart uh, in, into that uh, uh, love for each other. And that's what we do to God is we express our love to Him, and we can do that. Love sings. Say, love sings. Secondly, love is talking to him. Uh, and I, I want to talk just for a little bit about how to best connect with God, how we can best connect to God. And it isn't so much in uh, form or the, the ritual of how we pray or, or technique or something like that. Uh, it's not so much about the position of our body, whether, you know, in the Bible, if you read, uh, people prayed standing, some people prayed sitting, some people prayed kneeling, some people prayed flat on their face before God. And so there's all different kind of postures in prayer, but our best praying has to do with one thing and one thing alone, and that is the posture or the position of our heart. What God wants more than anything else is our heart. Jesus said in Mark 12, 30, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, verse 12 and 13 says, and then you shall call upon me and go and pray to me and I'll listen to you. Aren't you glad for that tonight? 
God says uh, uh, if we'll call upon him, pray to him, he'll listen to us, and we'll seek, he says, you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And so this is what real praying or talking to God is, uh, is putting our heart into it. There are so many Christians who worry about uh, whether they're praying right. Uh, am, I, am I in the right prayer position, or am I using the right words? Am I doing it right? And, and you know, I know that when I was a new believer, I, I, I was concerned about, am I even praying right? Am I doing it right? God isn't nearly as interested in form as He is our heart. And the best way that we can connect with Him is just to put our heart and put it out there in words. Somebody talked about it, uh, that we unpack our heart with words. And so what we do is, is we put our heart into it. We let God know who we are and what's going on and what we're concerned about. We talk to Him. That's how we connect with Him. We talk to Him out of our heart. We are honest with Him. We are open before Him. And love is talking to God from our hearts. All right, then thirdly, love is letting Him talk to us, letting God talk to us. Now, I know that some here tonight may be thinking, well, you know, I don't know if God ever even talks to me really. Because sometimes we hear stories of people talking about how God talks to them. And we wonder, man, I don't know if I have that same kind of, that same type of interaction with me and God, you know, because some people, it's like God said this, God said that, and, and the other thing, God told them to go buy uh, uh, 12 grain uh, bread rice uh, or, or bread instead of uh, 15 grain bread and all that. You know, some people, they, it's like, wow, man, God talks a lot to them. Now, I think that we will hear God speak to us a lot more if we'd be more attentive and maybe some. But anyway, I, I was thinking about this guy. There was a guy that, uh, and uh, uh, Pastor Hills knows him. Uh, uh, he was a poor preacher back in the day. Uh, this was probably happened back in the uh, 70s or uh, late 60s, and he was a poor preacher in Prescott. But God uh, spoke to him to, uh, to invest in a little trailer court, trailer park. And so he did. He, he was able to get things together and purchase that little trailer court, and then he, he was able to sell it. And then God spoke to him about another and then another, and, and God just helped him. And the guy had been just a, a poor, struggling preacher, and God made him a millionaire, gave him advice. And I'll be honest with you, I've been listening for that kind of, those kind of tips. <laughs> I have. I, I've, I've prayed about it, but I, I don't know. I don't know that I've heard. I mean, God has helped me financially and, and has blessed us and, and all, but I, I don't know that I've ever heard about, you know, buy this and all that. I, I, I believe that God did speak to this guy. I, I would like for God to give me that kind of advice often. But so far, I haven't heard. Uh, I bought property down in, in the outback of Golden Valley a while back, and then it, it's not worth what I paid for it. 
back then. And so someday it might be. And if you'd like to buy some property in Golden Valley, <coughs> help you out here. Talk to me after the service. Today and today only for a mere pittance of the original price. No, <coughs> just joking. But we look for God to speak to us and, and talk to us, and, and uh, I believe that, it, that we need to probably get a little more sensitivity to His, to his voice, right? God will speak to us in, in so many different ways. He'll, he'll talk to us through people. Uh, the Bible says He'll speak to us through preachers and teachers, prophets, and, and other believers can can be the voice of God for us. I've had uh, 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 just uh, believers in churches speak a word to me that was right from God and uh, a word for the moment. Uh, God will speak to us sometimes through circumstances in our lives. Sometimes He'll speak in our hearts, in our conscience. Uh, a lot of us have had God speak to us through nature, through His creation, uh, probably all of us have had God shout at us uh, through a sunrise or a sunset and the beauty of His creation, right? And all of these are valid ways that God will speak, but the way He most often speaks to us is through His Word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 through 17 says, You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us in what is true and, what, and, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. And so tonight, our love for God is seen in a love for His Word. In Psalm 119, verse 97, he says, Oh, don't you like that? Oh, somebody say, Oh. He's expressive. He says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. And when the psalmist talks about God's law, he's not just talking about the Ten Commandments. Uh, he's talking about the love that he has for God's Word. If you'll read through uh, Psalm 119, it is the longest chapter in the Bible. It's like 176 verses long. And I think every one of those verses talks about the law of God, the command of God, the precepts and statutes and the Word of God. They talk about it again and again. And what he's saying, this guy is really into it. That's why he says, oh, I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. He loved God, and because he loved God, he loved his Word. Now, tonight, our love for God means we'll cultivate and grow in a love for His Word. And I use these words, cultivate and grow, intentionally because it's not always just automatic. And tonight, I want to just assure you, if you've wrestled with getting into God's Word and getting God's Word into you, uh, you're not alone. Uh, it's not that you don't love God. Uh, some people, now there are some people that are just more studious than more naturally studious than others, or they, they, 
they just have a more natural or, or supernatural, I don't know, but they just t- seem to just have a yearning and desire for God's Word more so than possibly some of us. And it doesn't mean maybe if, if, if you have ever looked at reading God's Word and, and maybe at that moment just really didn't look forward to it like, oh, man, I can just hardly wait to get into the Word of God. And if, and if there have been times where you haven't just been so excited about getting into God's Word, that doesn't necessarily mean you don't love God. It just means we have to cultivate a taste for the Word of God, right? And be more intentional. Uh, uh, Pastor Poole uh, preached about uh, Martha and Mary and how Jesus was at their house and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet and Martha was all doing all the serving and, and all of that. And so as that happened, uh, we know the story. Martha complained about it and Jesus said there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. What she had done is she had gotten her priorities right and it didn't mean that Martha's didn't love Jesus. You know, Mary really loved Jesus. Martha was just, oh, just this, this uh, carnal Christian, you know, and didn't love him. No, she, she loved him. She just had to get her priorities right. And that's the way it is with a lot of us, is that we need to develop and cultivate a taste for the Word of God. And that's developed over a period of time. I've been a Christian for a while now. I'm not the ancient of days, but I've been a Christian for a while, some decades, over four. And, and I'm, I still have to, I've, I discipline myself to get in the Word of God. I do it daily. I, I get in and, and read the Word of God. Some mornings I'm, I look forward to it more than others. Some mornings I wake up and think, man, I'm just tired. I'm tired, but go ahead. And I, and I continue on. You know what's happened is that I do look more forward to it. Now it's a matter of principle. It's not just principle, but I put my heart out there and get into God's Word so I can get some of that into my heart. And I do it, you know why I get into God's Word? Because I love Him. I want to know more about Him. And, and so uh, loving God is letting God talk to us. It, we, it, it, it means we're singing. Say, I'm going to sing. My love to him. It means we'll talk to him. Say, I'm going to talk to him more. Amen. And then we let God talk to us through his word. Okay. Now I got about seven minutes. I'm going to talk about loving others. <laughs> Get it all done. Seven minutes. Watch. Hold on. So look at somebody and say, hold on. Now, the first commandment is love God. Second is uh, love others. How many of you know sometimes it's a little easier to love God than it is others? Just taking a moment there, let it kind of. Charlie Brown, not the one that's here with us tonight, but the one from Peanuts said these words, I love mankind, it's people I can't stand. <laughs> now, the Bible tells us loves a pretty, and loving others is a pretty big deal. 
It says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 and 21, if someone says, well, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. Well, that's pretty direct, isn't it? For he who does not love his brother whom he's seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must also love his brother. Somebody say, wow. Somebody else say, ouch. Uh, it's interesting to me that these verses here, verse 20 and 21, follow uh, the one we read earlier, 1 John 4, 19. We love him because he first loves us. And, and see, the way this hits me is this verse kind of is warm and fuzzy, you know. We love him because he first loved us. It's just warm and fuzzy. And then, and then you get whoop, to, to that and says, I, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. <laughs> so, uh, man, that's, that's, pretty, uh, that's a, a pretty strong shift. From warm and fuzzy to he's a liar. <laughs> and so that the way that hits me is, is like, wow, man, I went from warm and fuzzy to all of a sudden, man, I, I, a liar and, and all of that. Well, this tells me something about God. You know, you'd almost think that there would be a page break or a chapter change between verse 19 and then the other, but there isn't. And the reason there isn't is because uh, God says that these two commandments are inseparably linked, loving God and loving others. And so I want to address just for a little bit here what our greatest challenge is in loving others. And I, I could sugar, sugarcoat it. I could try to uh, uh, just kind of slip it in on you, but I thought the direct approach would be just better because uh, I sometimes need people to be direct, don't you? <laughs> Some of you are thinking, not really. <laughs> just kind of slip. But the real problem with us loving others is that we're selfish. And, and we, and when I say we, I, it can be me at times in my life. We look out for our own interests and feelings way too much, and in the end, what we do is we rob ourselves. In Matthew 10, verse 39, Jesus said, If you cling to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. And this verse explains why a lot of people really don't live life. It can be more personal to me in why I sometimes miss out on really living, and that is uh, uh, that sometimes we, uh, we're selfish and we lose out in relationships. We'll lose out in contentment. We lose life when we try to just clutch onto it. The only way to really live life tonight is to give it away. And if we're selfish and primarily self-interested, we cling to our life, we lose it. Love, real love, by definition, gives. Most of us know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave, right? Because God loved, he gave. And it's interesting to me that 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 carries this theme and even further. He says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we ought also to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Uh, this is what real love is. We only know what love is by what it gives. 
And we know that Jesus loved us because he gave himself for us, right? And we only know that we love others by giving ourselves. We, we ought also to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Now, when he talks about this, he's not just talking about Christian martyrdom. The reality is probably maybe nobody here in this building will ever be called upon to actually lose your physical life uh, uh, for someone else. That may never happen to the, and probably won't to the majority of us, uh, but what will be required of us uh, is that every one of us every day die to ourselves and to think about the needs of others. And it comes off like this. I've got two more minutes. Say two minutes. We're watching. Yep, clock me. One is when we forgive people when they have wronged us. And then we forgive them when, even when they've done the same thing before. And then we forgive them even if they don't ask us to forgive them. And then on top of forgiving them, we pray blessing on them. You know what that is? That's dying to self. That's giving up our lives. The other, another example is to open up our hearts and really feel what each other are going through. And this is what's so great about being in a body of believers is that God's teaching us His kind of love and to care about each other. To where somebody's going through a health concern in their life that we enter into that uh, uh, experience with them by really praying for them and, and allow, or, or if they're going through a rough time in their family, then we enter in, and, and not nosily, but we enter in by praying for them and praying for their family concerns, and, and, uh, or, or they're just having a, 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 a bout of, of uh, oppression or depression, and we uh, allow ourselves to be inconvenient by, by trying to bring a word of encouragement to somebody who's discouraged. That's giving up our own lives and, and being willing to enter in to the experience of someone else. Somebody say, I believe that. There are thousands of examples of giving our love and our lives, and every day we'll have more and more opportunities and choices. You know, this past uh, season, uh, Christmas season, season, a lot of us uh, gave up some of our resources and finances so kids in third world countries could be blessed during Christmas and receive a message uh, of Christ. And so there are so many things that we can do to love each other, but really what it is is giving up our right to just cling on to our lives and being willing to give and to enter in uh, to the lives of others and be kind and loving. Can you say, I believe that? Two minutes, amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Love comes to us from God, and it comes to us from God to change us and to help us so that we can live life and give life. And tonight, Let's just all stand to our feet, and I want us to pray a prayer together. Just stand across this, this building. We, uh, 
we know God because God loved us. Thank God for that. Can you say amen? We love Him because He first loved us. That's where, where love uh, and the revelation comes from, is from Him. But tonight then, He gives us love so that we can give it away. And the more we give it away, the more we get. Isn't that great? That's just, that's the way God works. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes, and let's just pray this prayer together, would you? Just repeat it out loud with me. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. I receive your love and forgiveness. Help me to love like you loved, to give myself my time, my resources, my care, my life, so that others can know your love lives in me. Thank you for that. I believe you are helping me to know love and to give it away in your wonderful name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you just tell him you love him tonight? Thank him. Thank you for that, Jesus. We do love you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord.